From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life, where friends grow faith, enhance life, and build community together. I'm Kimberly Amici, and today I'm here with Elise Daly Parker and Noelle Rhodes. Today's show is all about hospitality. In this episode, we're talking about what the Bible says about it and how important it is in building community and making others feel valued. We're also talking about how we feel about opening up our own homes, what prevents us from being more welcoming, and how to overcome it. Before we get started, let's do what we do each week and ask an in-your-words question. Since we're talking about hospitality, I wanted to ask my co-hosts and you, the listeners, what is your favorite go-to food item or drink that you serve when you have a party? When I'm trying to impress the people that I am hosting, I tend to make my famous meatballs and I make my own gravy. Mm, Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So do you like serve that? on their own? Do you serve them over pasta? What's I have a little pasta. You know, sometimes if I'm feeling really feisty, I'll make a little ziti with it. Mm, <laughs> and probably, I'd go all out. I'd go all oh, out. That sounds good. But I can't really make anything else besides that. <laughs> oh, no. Is mm. it a family recipe or one that you're willing to share with everybody? Possibly. Ah, right. Maybe maybe right, we'll have it in the, the show right notes. Price. <laughs> yes, maybe, maybe the right I, don't price. Know if, I don't even know if I really know the recipe. I just kind of wing, wing it. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What about you, Elise? Yeah, I love wingers. I'm not a winger when it comes to cooking in any way. Um, so my go-to meal would be I make a vat of chili, um, usually in like September, and it's literally for a crowd. And so we freeze it and it's available just in case somebody comes by. Now that's what I do if I'm, that's a go-to. And the other go-to would definitely be something like one bowl brownies, which, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely better known for my desserts than my, my main meals. I enjoy baking better. So brownies, lemon bars, seven layer bars, or, um, chocolate chip cookies. Oh, yum. I think Mm -hmm. I've had your chili and your brownies before. There you go. Lucky you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's see. I usually have a bean dip. Um, It's called the sexy bean dip. I don't remember. I got it from a coworker years, years ago. There really isn't anything sexy about it. Although I did go to my best friend's house uh, over the 4th of July weekend and she started making it. And I'm like, that looks nothing like mine. She's like, it's the same (laughs) recipe. Don't you remember? We all went out that night and she made this for us and she gave us the recipe. And I'm like, oh no, mine looks so different because I use a can of tomatoes, a can of corn, you know, a can of beans, no avocados, no um, uh, jalapenos. Uh, You know, like I used pre-cut diced onions that are frozen because I just, it's one of the, it's one of those recipes that I always have on hand, right? I can have the ingredients to throw together because I make it from a can, cans. And I always get compliments on it. You marinate it in lime and cilantro and it really is delicious. You eat it with tortilla chips, but she does always does avocado. She does fresh tomatoes diced Mm. up. She Mm -hmm. always puts the jalapeno in and she even puts red wine vinegar in it, which I was like, wait, that's not in my recipe. And I went home and it wasn't, but it was in hers for some reason. So, (laughs) but wait, do you, do you mix this whole thing up or is it the layered dip? Yes. It's kind of like, um, Oh, what did somebody call it? Like a cowboy salad. sexy? Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) 
Hers Does it make sexy. you feel sexy afterwards? Like <laughs> no, well, it's healthy. It's certainly when I did, was on the Daniel fast, it had it was Daniel fast compliant. Like it was oh all, cool, you know, fresh put that, the, and, put that in the show notes because okay. I'm gonna make it, and I then will. I'll take a picture of it and post it on our yeah. community group and Facebook. Sounds um, delicious. Yep. Yeah, so I always have those that that on hand because it's a little bit fancier than chips and salsa, um, but it's easy and ready to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so the Bible talks a lot about hospitality. There's a lot of places, actually, when I started looking into it. I always knew it was important to open up our homes to others, and I know that some people even have the gift of hospitality. I think I'm one of those people, but I think that has a lot to do with the fact that I'm ext- an extrovert. Hmm. But what I found, just one scripture that I found in the New Testament, duty was emphasized for the Christian community. So in Romans, it says, uh, Romans twelve thirteen, it says, contribute to the needs of the saints, practice hospitality. So I looked that up in the message translation, and it said to be inventive in hospitality. And then in the Amplified Bible, it said to pursue hospitality. So I was surprised by that. And so basically, it's something that was told especially to the early christians to do and we'll talk more in the future about community and living life with each other but hospitality seems to be really important as it pertains to making others feel value and included and loved and so i think it's probably something even when it doesn't come naturally to us that we should be doing I wanted to find out from you ladies, how do you feel hospita- about hospitality? Is it something that comes natural to you or is it something that you have to work at? Who wants to okay. go first? <laughs> I, I will jump in here. I, despite my extrovertedness and, I, and the fact that I truly love people and I love being around people, I have total entertainment anxiety. I, um, <laughs> I'm absolutely surprised. Total. I, I can't even. I am surprised I, too, Elise. I, I am para- <laughs> paralyzed. I'm not even kidding. I am paralyzed. Uh, I want to have people over frequently, um, and I just, I have more parties in my mind than, than ever would I um, actually have. So I'm sad about that, to be honest. I really, I, it, it's, it, I, it disappoints me about myself <laughs> because I really love the idea of people coming over to my backyard and hanging out and just chilling, but I'm not really able to do it. I put so much pressure on myself to make it a certain way. I think I've been to too many homes where people are such good cooks and I feel intimidated by their ability to do it and look gracious and not sweaty and swearing and all that stuff. And, um, yeah, so I guess my, my problem is perfectionism. I make it too complicated and I, um, and, and I'm insecure. So all those things combine to make me somebody who, if you ring my doorbell, I could run and could hide under the windows. I'm so surprised to hear that. There's a, After wait, knowing there's, you in person, like in real life, I know you, and I'm, I'm so know. surprised. I know. What you said, though, is so true. There's actually this comedian that his like Facebook, uh, his YouTube videos been floating on Facebook. His name is Sebastian. He talks about how for some people when the doorbell rings, they like freak out and they like hide, you know, they they haven't invited anybody over. And then for other people, they're like excited and they get the coffee cake out. Oh, please. I wish I I do that. mentally. (laughs) I mentally get the coffee cake out, but I literally go, Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And I start picking things up and making excuses for my home. It's, it's terrible. It it really is debilitating. I'm serious here. 
<laughs> I'm laughing, but I'm serious. <laughs> oh I'm gosh. almost like as, as I prepare to move from this home to another, um, I really am kind of like, okay, I'm going to work on this hospitality thing. I'm going to, I'm going to get over myself. Um, but I do, I, I think that, you know, it, it's a very strange contradiction because I love to pe- for people to be in my home. Um, I love hanging out with people, but I just, I've got to get over the, what does it have to look like? And there are ways that I've done that. So we can talk about that later. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about you, Noelle? Does it come naturally? Um, no, it doesn't. I, <laughs> I think I've had to kind of learn the art of hospitality for sure. I, I am also an extrovert and I love people, but I think I made hospitality something that it isn't. I, I made it like entertainment. I need to be able to really entertain mm-hmm. my guests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it just like, you know, at least the same thing. It put a lot of pressure on me, a lot of like crazy guilt, you know, burn me out to the point where yeah. I'm like, oh, I, that's just not me. It must not be my gift. You know, I'm yeah. not, I'm not a hostess with the mostest and... You know, so, but then I learned from others, uh, you know, how to be hospitable. And I, I learned by just being their guest and realized that it's really an attitude of the heart more than anything else. Absolutely, yeah. So Mm -hmm. that was a huge gift to me. When I lived in Northern Ireland, they, that culture is very hospitable. Mm -hmm. um, And they really taught me how to just open my home and open my heart to others. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that's, oh, awesome. that's awesome. How about you, Kimberly? Well, I think it beca- it comes naturally to me because I love having people around. I think I go through seasons of having anxiety over it. I think I am sometimes intimidated to invite people over because I don't like the possibility of rejection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that I too. may not be as forthcoming with my invitations, but... If I happen to be like talking to somebody and I get a totally good vibe and I'm confident in myself, I'd be like, you should come over or you should come in. And I don't have a problem with opening up my home at all. It's just if I'm doing something that requires me to put myself out there, sometimes I am a little nervous about that. And mm-hmm. I let it keep me from maybe doing some things I I would like to do. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I get um, that. So besides... Um, Right. Yeah, I can add Entering. rejection to the list yeah, just for right. the record. <laughs> <laughs> so, so besides our inner anxiety over hospitality, what do you think? Um, what else do you think gets in the way? Busyness, absolutely. Uh, running from thing to thing, you can't. You just can't be even in a, a state of mind to welcome people in. You know, yeah. I, 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 I actually remember a couple of times. Um, in particular, I'm thinking of one thing where where somebody came to my door unexpectedly. And she really just wanted a few minutes to talk. And I was so, in addition to all those other things that I've already mentioned, coming against the, uh, just come on in. Um, there was also this feeling like I had so many things to do. How could I sit here and talk to this person for 15 minutes to a half hour? Um, I hope I've changed that, but, um, that's easy to do when your children aren't home anymore. Um, but I do think busyness is a biggie. Yeah. Yeah. Noelle, you mentioned perfectionism and making it too complicated. Yeah. Do you still struggle with that? Or do you think that some of the lessons you've learned have stuck? Yeah, I think some of the lessons have stuck. There are times, though, where I can get, like, wrapped up again and trying to have, like, a a (laughs) Pinterest-worthy gathering, Mm -hmm. you know, where, like, I start to... 
you know, go a little crazy carving fruit bowls out of like pineapples <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, the, Pinterest is a great resource, but it can kind of, it can kind of go a little, it can make you a little crazy. And so I have to kind of pull back and ask myself the question, like, what is important, you know? So I, I try to keep it really simple. And also it's not about me. Yeah. Like that's the other thing I've learned is if I'm like trying to impress people because I want them to think I'm really awesome and I'm the woman that can do everything. Well, that's that's not the point of having people in your home. Mm-hmm. The point of having in your home is that so you can give to them and be blessing to them and what they need, you know. So that's really helped me to have that kind of perspective. Yeah. Absolutely. Something that I heard that really changed the way I looked at hospitality was something that Shauna Ninquist said at the Illum conference. It was the year that they talked about hospitality and making your online home welcoming, just like you would make your in real life home welcoming and how you treat people and what you offer. And one of the things she said was true hospitality is when people leave your house feeling better about themselves, not better about you. Yeah. And I definitely have been in seasons where I have just thought about myself, where you come into my house is so you, you could think I'm a really good mom and I'm a really good homemaker. And, you know, I probably have done that in front of people or for people that probably don't even care. <laughs> yeah. Probably already like me. They're already related to me. They already want to come to my house. <laughs> like, they don't need, I don't need to, you know, it's not about me. And yeah, exactly what you said. When you change your heart and start to serve one another, where somebody comes into your home and they walk away, got experiencing the love of God, seeing Christ in you and just feeling welcomed and valued is, is really what it's all about. And mm-hmm. when you, can achieve that, all the other stuff goes away. You know, whether something's overcooked or whether you didn't have the right utensils or the matching plates and the napkins, that stuff doesn't matter if you can make people feel valued and loved when they leave your home. Mm -hmm. I agree. And also one of the things Shauna Ninquist said, which I love, she said, there's only three things that you need to have at the ready when people come over your house. She said, a bacon, a laundry basket, and baby wipes. (laughs) So you basically like cook the bacon so your home smells wonderful. You take a laundry basket and you go all around the house, pick everything up and put it in there. And then some baby wipes just to get rid of the goo on the table and on the the places where little hands have have reached. You know, I thought that was that was just fun because I thought that was just a way to add humor and just make people realize it's really it's you don't have to have, you know, a pantry full of gourmet food waiting for your guests to come over. Right. Absolutely. I remember um, one time I was in this I was in this woman's home. She owned a bed and breakfast in Northern Ireland, and it was just this lovely, lovely home. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had me over, and she was kind of like telling me her secrets to hospitality. And she said, um, "Our home is always clean, Noel, but it's lived in, and that's what makes people feel comfortable." And I realized that for a long time, I thought being hospital was my home must be perfect, you know, that all the laundry must be put away, the toys must not come out, the papers must be filed, and that all signs of life had to be buried. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's that's what makes people feel uncomfortable. That's yeah. right. Now. So, yeah. uh, you know, for me, that, that changed my perspective big time. And I, I really try to choose having my home be prepared 
over being perfect, kind of what Shauna was saying with the bacon and mm-hmm. the basket mm-hmm. and the baby wipes. You know, for me, like, what does that mean to have a prepared home? Mm-hmm. Um, really just means that my bathroom needs to be somewhat acceptable <laughs> and that there's something to eat. That's like for me. Yeah. And that, you know, that could be anything. Mm-hmm. So when I, when we food shop and things like that, I always think, well, if someone stops by or whatever, we've got this, that can, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of, couple burgers you can put on the grill or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, a block of cheese. Put, yeah. Cut up yeah, with some exactly. crackers. Yeah. I don't go crazy, but you know, what's funny is when I prepare and anticipate that there's going to be an opportunity for me to be hospitable. It always happens. Mm-hmm. Someone shows up. Yeah. And I'm not as anxious because I have something to offer and my home is, you know, is acceptable. You know, yeah. I'm not like a crazy cleaner, but you know, the bathroom, the bathroom could probably get to a scary level sometimes. So I try to, <laughs> yeah. keep, I try to like, you know, wipe it down and things like yeah. that. Yeah. But I just keep it simple and it's, it's being prepared over being perfect and it really mm, has given me like freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I do like to have my couches open so people can sit if they want to sit there. So all my kids stuff, they, I do try to train them. What if someone stops by? Like, I don't want to be cleaning up so that they have a place to sit or like moving everything around so that they can feel that doesn't make you feel welcomed. Right. And clean bathrooms is helpful. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Little things mean, mean a lot. Yeah. I'm just thinking that one of the things that actually helped me to get over my hospitality paranoia um, was definitely hosting moms in prayer groups in my home, uh, Mm -hmm. which I did for 20 years, Um, because you can't have people in your home every week and keep up a certain level of um, presentation. You just can't. I mean, Yeah. yeah, you can swipe those bathrooms with, you know, some little clothy thing, Lysol, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Um, and you can, you know, pile things in a certain place so that it's not right there at the table where you're going to be sitting. But um, you just, you, I really had to get over it. And it really yeah. was helpful because good. what mattered was that I was there ready for people to come for an hour a week. And in some cases, I had two and three groups a week. And that everything was just the, the important thing was the prayer, the time together, that one hour. And so mm-hmm. That really helped me release a lot of the other stuff. Um, also, the fact that you don't serve coffee and, yeah. and dessert or anything else. <laughs> I have to say, though, that practicing weekly hospitality is a huge thing. Yeah. Um, it really, like, practicing hospitality is, you know, it's like an exercise. And, uh, like, we did this thing kind of, it was sort of a strange thing that happened, but I started to do something called Taco Tuesday every week when we lived in Northern Ireland. And um, we would invite mostly younger people, um, single people to our home on a Tuesday right after work and eat tacos together. Like that's all we did. There was, there was no, there was like nothing, there was no like spiritual aspect to it. And all I did, I was just, I would make the tacos and I would delegate everything else. So someone brought the drink, someone brought the napkins, someone brought dessert and everybody brought something to the table. And we did this for a long time every week. And it was really a sacred time in our schedule as a family. We loved it. And, um, and doing every week, our relationship with these people really grew Um, it was, it was for my kids, it was really important too. They looked forward to it and they were part of it. And I found that every Tuesday it became easier and easier. I kind of just knew, okay, 
these are my tacos. They put them out. Someone's going to bring this. Someone's going to bring that. And and after a while, it just became second nature. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I think, Kimberly, you seem to do that. Like you've got your um, small groups in your home mm-hmm. and people bring things, right? Kind yeah, so we host our small group every other Tuesday night, and we've become sort of like a dinner connect group, so we provide dinner. What I have been doing lately, which has been working really well, is I have these slow cooker meals that tend to make a lot, and so I will make those on the day we have connect group. I'll let everybody know what we're bringing and just have them bring something that complements it. Mm-hmm. So that mean, usually means I'm serving the protein. So I've done taco night. I'm like, somebody bring the cheese, somebody bring the lettuce, yeah. somebody bring, make it really simple for everybody to bring things and contribute. Cause most times people want to contribute. I mean, mm-hmm. it is yeah. certainly optional because they understand that not everybody, you know, wants to spend the money every other week to come to my house or they are coming straight from work or they just don't like to cook. So I am mindful of that, but letting people participate, I think is nice. And also having a plan but practicing like every week yeah. it does get easier and easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. People want to bring something to the table. Most of the time it's very rare. I find that they don't want to cause it bring, they, it makes them feel like they have value that they're, you know, yeah. that their presence is needed. And, um, yeah, it was always cool. I remember there was this, a, a German, uh, he was maybe 23 years old and he used to bring like the guacamole, you know, and he, mm-hmm. and then he'd make it fresh and, it was just like, it was cool that every Tuesday, this is what he brought, you know, mm-hmm. and this was his piece. And everybody mm-hmm. looked forward to when Mark David walked through the door. Yeah. And I think the hospitality is not always about what we're doing and what we're putting on, but it's creating space for people to come together and to give something to each other. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So a couple of things that you already said, Noelle, was that... Um, Entertainment isn't the same as hospitality. So can you take a minute and just tell us what hospitality is? What what makes it different from just entertainment? Well, I mean, when you're entertaining um, people, you're not participating in it. You're not you're not a participant. You're you're putting on a show. And that's not what hospitality is. You are at the table engaging with somebody else. You're on the same level. Uh, I, I I often think about um Mary and Martha. And, you know, Martha was like busy in the kitchen. She's doing all these preparations, all this stuff. She's like putting it on, you know, making everything perfect. Jesus is in town with his disciples. But Mary was engaged. She was at his feet and she was in, you know, having this relationship with him and learning from him. So for me, it's really important in hospitality that I'm not always stuck in the kitchen, cleaning the dishes, making this food, all that stuff, but that actually I'm at the table with the people I've invited or on the couch talking with them and sharing my life with them and hearing a little bit about them and, you know, at the risk of maybe the the kind of evening or event not going off, going off as smoothly as possible. Mm-hmm. So the dishes stay in the sink a lot of times and I sit on the couch and talk with people. Yeah. That's great. I mean, you're basically talking about engagement and inclusion, and I think that's so important for people. I do have a tendency to want to be the one who's facilitating everything, and not that I don't want to sit down and talk to my guests. It's just that it's easier to stay busy than to put myself in a vulnerable vulnerable position and get to know somebody on a deeper level as they sit in my, my house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you wrote a post actually for Circles of Faith called Lessons on the Art of Hospitality from a 
from a joy-filled friend. We've kind of touched on some of the things that you wrote about, but can we just go over them real quick and talk about the three points you discussed? Yeah. So the first point I, I mentioned before was that having a prepared home versus a perfected home, mm-hmm. you know, the idea of, um, you know, making sure that your home is ready to receive guests. Uh, the second point was engaging guests versus entertaining guests. So it's really important to not be performing for them or trying to impress, but really asking them about them and uh, you know, just being a blessing to them, sharing your story with them. And the last point was obligation versus opportunity. And that's really just seeing hospitality as a, as an opportunity and not necessarily something you have to do Mm. and really, and really welcoming and looking for opportunities to do that. So, uh, this was all learned when I was Northern Ireland. They just really have a beautiful way of kind of giving to each other this way. They, they have a, they would say like, Noel, do you want a cuppa? Which means like, do you want a cup of tea? And mm-hmm. a cup of usually came with some cookies, which they call bickies or biscuits. And it's usually not just one cup of tea. It's two or three cups of tea. And you just um, drink tea, eat cookies and talk. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they would, people would just show up at our door and just be like, oh, I'm here to call in, you know, and they would just sit down and I'd say to them, do you want a cuppa? And they'd say, yeah. And we would, they'd be there for an hour and then they'd leave. And there were times that Troy and I would just stop in and say hi to people. And it was never a burden to anybody. Yeah. No one was ever like, you didn't call and confirm that you were coming. <laughs> you know, it just was, ex- it was, it was cultural, mm-hmm. but it was something that I feel like is really needed. Yeah. In our culture here, you know, and um, it really is the heart of the gospel is is to receive and welcome each other and to be prepared to open our lives to others. And so this is what Jesus did. You know, the, one of the most beautiful things that Jesus did was the Last Supper and he broke bread and he, he served the wine and he said, do this in remembrance of me, you know. And I think when we host and we're hospitable, we're really doing this because we're remembering who He is and what He's done for us, and we're representing His heart. So, yeah, I, I, I love hospitality. I'm not great at it. I'm not very fancy with it. But when I, when I have the opportunity to do it, I always feel really blessed for opening my life and heart to others. Yeah, you know what I love? First of all, I love tea. I don't drink coffee. So the idea of having this sort of cultural ritual the idea that when someone asks you to come in for a cup of tea, that it actually means something, that it's, yeah. it means it's not just something you say to be nice. It means I want you to come into my home. I want you to sit down, have a cup of tea, and I want you to have some cookies. It means more than just saying, oh, yeah, maybe we should, you know, go out sometime. Like it's, it's a completely different mentality. And the fact that it's rooted in the culture, there isn't ambiguity like I feel like there is here. So Elise and Noelle, have you found that that there's a relationship between hospitality and culture and where you live? I mean, obviously, Noelle, you've experienced hospitality in another country and you have mentioned that it's different. But what do you think about, I mean, now that you're back in the States and, and then even parts of the United States, have you guys found that hospitality is different? Um, I can't speak too much to other parts of the United States because really, this is my home, New Jersey. Um, but I would say, particularly where we are in our area, which is, you know, so close to the city, and I don't think there's a easy, breezy sense of hospitality. Um, I, have, I do have a friend, however, 
who is from the South. And I would say her attitude is much more hospitable. She um, tends to throw a meal together very easily, meaning literally going to the, hey, Elise, you want to stop by, you want to come by for lunch or you want to stay for lunch? And she literally goes to her refrigerator, grabs the lettuce, takes a, whatever, throws something together, does it well, but, but not fancy, um, but totally makes me feel welcome when I am at her home or even stop by and it turns into more than a few minutes. Um, so she has got something that I don't see a lot of in a lot of my other friends and relationships. I, I know a lot of people who are wonderfully hospitable, but it's not uh, a casual thing. It's more um, planned in advance and expected. And and I think that's part of what, what's been intimidating for me, that there doesn't seem to be casual stopping by so I don't feel comfortable. I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready to receive that or, or, or give that, you know? So, yeah, I definitely think in the seasonal life that I'm in with young kids, it's very hard to find casual hospitality or spontaneous hospitality. Mm -hmm. I think my husband's a little bit better at that than I am. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, it's different. Definitely on, I can only speak to the East coast, uh, yeah. And I think we, we're very busy and we want everything in our calendar, you know, we're like yeah. squeezing every minute that we have. So I get that and there has to be grace for that and make room for that. So th- th- I think that's why having it carved in your schedule that this maybe this night we're always going to have people over mm. or on Wednesdays, I'm always going to maybe have lunch or tea with a friend um, that that's very helpful when you're in a, in a culture that you don't just drop by people's homes. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. That could even be seemed a little rude too. So yeah, I mean, it is different. What, what about your, um, you're talking about the stopping by stuff and I'm thinking, what about um, neighborhood sort of community? Do you guys have that? In other words, um, do you feel like when you walk down your street, people are outside playing in their yards? Um, you know, I, I don't see that very often at all in my neighborhood. And I'm wondering if you guys have a little bit more of that. We do. And we moved, we chose where we live because of that. Mm-hmm. So we live in a lake community and that just, it just seems like that's the culture of lake community is that everybody knows each other. You're on each other's softball teams. Mm-hmm. You walk down the street, you're talking to each other. I mean, I, I think that's rare. But yeah. that's why we chose. We like that, so we chose that. Some people mm-hmm. probably would hate that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we live in a community that doesn't have busing for schools, and so I yeah. think that community starts to form pretty easily around here. On our house, we have just a little bit of a stoop that we've managed to put two chairs out on. And so when my husband and I go running in the morning, when we come back, we usually sit outside for about 15, 20 minutes with our bottle of water and just talk. And we'll often see people regularly running up and down the streets. I mean, they're the the usual people, but there's one person that I never really talked with until I mean, I'd seen her around at different sporting things, but it wasn't until I started seeing her on a regular basis run by my house that now she, like, chats more with me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's that mm-hmm. kind of, um, you know, kind of front porch living. Like, it's not yeah. really quite a porch, but the idea that when you hang out outside more, you have this, I don't know, this um, persona of being open and you know, waiting for people to talk to you yeah. or accepting of people to stop by and say hi. That's interesting because we, we definitely don't have that kind of um, 
a feel to our neighborhood. I, I love the people on my block and everything, and I. But we do have the busing situation, Kimberly. So I wonder if that does have a lot to do with it because. Uh-huh neighborhoods where people are normally going to school together and maybe even walking and commuting and all that stuff, that does not happen. I mean, we literally could be next door to somebody who's going to a school at two different ends of town. So there's some really wonderful parts to that because that's part of how we've integrated our town. But um, it definitely, it definitely, I think, slows down that uh, opportunity to have a community right in your own block. Mm -hmm. Um, The community tends to happen more on fields, um, in churches, in our churches, um, or, or intentionally when we have like a block party, as I say, it can be really fun and the people are great, but, um, yeah, we don't, we don't see, see each other very regularly. Yeah. So what will I do in my new house? Will I put a bench out front? <laughs> well, it's interesting because even, <laughs> even since we've been there, uh, you know, visiting the, the new house, what we've noticed is it's very close to a school, an elementary school. And actually, a lot of people park on our street mm-hmm. to pick up their kids at, at that time. So, I don't know. Maybe there's something we can do with that. Maybe I should stand out front with a big mom's in prayer, praying for our children <laughs> in school. <Sorry>. Fun. <laughs> hey, you never know. So, the year that I mentioned we went to a loom and they talked about the art of hospitality, the same year that Sean and Inquist spoke, there was a breakout session and Kristen Shell spoke and she talked about the turquoise table. It was kind of this movement that kind of started by accident. And if you go to her website, which we'll include the link in the show notes, you can see a video that's there that talks about her story. But basically, she put this turquoise table out in the front lawn, and she started to sit at it and to do some little bit of work, to have a cup of coffee, have, you know, whatever. And what she found was she was starting to get to know the neighbors because one by one, people would stop by but while she was out there. And I think she even mentioned that they even got to the point where they had sent invitations into people's mailboxes and just a flyer that said, um, hey, we're going to be here Friday night doing pizza. If you want to stop by, we'd love to meet you kind of thing. And that was something that she doesn't talk about that in the video, but I think she mentioned it when she spoke. And I was so moved by that because... All I could think about was, oh my gosh, I totally don't have the guts to do that. I love the idea of it. I love, so, I mean, what we do is we just sit on the front porch at six in the morning and hope someone sees us and stops by and say, says hi, but <laughs> she's very intentional. Like she sits at that table and her, what she considers her outreach and her mission and her missionary field is her neighborhood and getting to know them. And that she says that there's people that have lived in that neighborhood for years next door to each other that never met that since she's put the table out have met each other and I just think it's such a great story and then if you go on her website you can see all the locations because she shared about it on her blog and you can Mm -hmm. see all the locations where people have gotten their own turquoise table and let her know and so you can see on the map the different states that have turquoise tables of people that that just love that idea so maybe that's something that you can do Elise that's very cool I like it I I love that idea I mm-hmm. think something really powerful would happen if we were all a bit more hospitable to our neighbors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally agree. Absolutely. I think that would bring a lot of change. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I was down at the beach the other day with a friend of mine in Ocean Grove, New Jersey. And it is, I don't know the exact history of it, but she was sharing a little bit about it with me. It was basically a, I think, Methodist community, yes, Christian community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she said some of the re- the reason why that the houses there all have front porches is because the Christian people wanted to live 
open lives, like front porch living, like sitting on the step, welcoming and being a part of community and being hospitable with one another. And so I love the fact, having a design and architecture background, that that was done intentionally. Mm-hmm. And so my husband and I, we've talked about kind of widening our porch so we could put a bench out there. So it really can truly become a place that, you know, we can sit and hang out for longer periods of time. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Very cool. Ocean Grove was actually started as a camp town meeting. So it was originally all tents that people mm-hmm. would come into. Um, yep, they're still there. Yeah, I know. It's really something to see. If, if people have not seen Ocean Grove, New Jersey, I would say stop by both for the gorgeous Victorians with front porches and for these tents that people live in every summer mm-hmm. and then roll up and put away for the winter. So it's wild. It's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> cool. It is. Have you been there, Noel? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I love Ocean Grove. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's really interesting. The front porch, um, concept as, you know, how do you, how do you make that happen? Even if you don't have a front porch, I, I love it. I'm, I'm, yeah. uh, going to have to really think about this as I move to a, a different place. So um, I'm going to wrap up this show with asking you guys, what are some of the resources that have shaped the way you think about hospitality? Is there anything that comes to mind? Well, again, I, I, I literally think of Moms in Prayer as a way of that I learned to get over some of my expectations and just open my door. Um, I, I don't know if that's you know what you have in mind, but it changed my approach to having people over. No, absolutely. That counts. I mean, I do not lead a mom and prayers, moms and prayer group, but I host one, which means everyone comes to my house. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just the idea of having people in your home and engaging with them and it not being a time to serve food or drinks frees you up to really practice hospitality. So absolutely. Moms and prayer is a great, great thing. Sort of a side benefit. Yeah. <laughs> Noel, is there anything you can think of? I know I was kind of trash talking Pinterest before, but I do use <laughs> Pinterest quite a bit for recipe searching. And, you know, uh, I also love like collecting recipes of friends, things that they've made. Um, so an excellent book on hospitality, I think, is Bread and Wine by Shauna Ninquist. I absolutely love that book. Um, I typically don't read food memoirs, which I think that's what genre that might be in but she just explains about how the things that she's gone through in life and she puts it against the backdrop of the hospitality she's extended to others and that's been extended to her and how life's up and ups and downs framed by gathering around people around your table is priceless and what it's meant to her over the years so that's actually an amazing read and I would say one one other resource that's kind of changed the way I think about intentional living, but even opening up my home is Notes from a Blue Bike from Tish Oxenreiter. She mm. talks about her time in Turkey and about how the pace was so much slower and then it was normal to stop over someone's house and be there for hours and to be able to, the intentional living comes in when you don't overschedule yourself so that you don't have the time to be a part of one another's life. And I really love the idea of what can I do to make myself available to people in my community and have my house kind of be a place where if you happen to stop by, don't be surprised if you're there later. And don't be surprised if you end up staying. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I like that. 
Yeah. All right. So that's it for this episode of Circles of Faith Slices of Life podcast. What you've heard here today can be found in the show notes. If you subscribe to the newsletter at circlesoffaith.org, you'll get the show notes, additional content, and resources delivered right to your inbox. Let's continue the conversation in our Facebook community group. We'd love to hear what's your favorite go-to food or drink that you like to serve when you open up your home to others. You can subscribe to us in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss an episode. While you are there, rate and review the show. Your comments go a long way in helping others find us. Also, let us know what you think of the show. We're on Instagram and Twitter as Circles of Faith. Thanks for joining us.